Um, the word that I really felt that God was giving me, I, I kind of, it kind of started where I saw a little picture a few weeks ago um, on Facebook, as, as you do. But uh, it, it was a bit of a daggy, I suppose, picture uh, in the way it was presented. But something in it just grabbed me. And it had a, a picture of the earth and people sort of floating up into the sky. And um, it was a bit old-fashioned, I guess. But, but it said, there won't be time to get ready. You have to be ready. And, uh, and it just really caught my heart that I thought, with everything going on in the world today, I really, it just sat on my mind and I couldn't forget it. I kept on just remembering it as I was praying that picture would, would resurface in my mind. And, and I thought, gosh, you're really speaking, God. But I kind of, I put it aside and I got busy and the, the world goes on and life goes on. But uh, even yesterday, as I, was, as I was praying into today, I really... I, I began to pray for the message and, and just what God would speak for us. But, and, I, and I called out to God. I said, God, just um, anoint me to bring this word and, Lord, give me a spirit of readiness uh, for this morning. And at that word readiness, something in me just jumped. And I said, ah, that's, that's your word for us for today. And um, so this message really just comes out of what, what's been bubbling in my heart over the last little while. But... I believe that God is speaking us to us about readiness and being prepared. And the main scripture I want to um, pull out from today is from Matthew, where Jesus was speaking about the kingdom of heaven. And he spoke so many different examples of what the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to. And he was speaking specifically about his return and when he comes back. And he spoke, many of you will know it, about the ten virgins, and there was the wise and the foolish virgins. So just to, to unpack that a bit, when, when the Bible speaks of virgins, it's talking about people in his kingdom. It's talking about ones that are, are saved. It's talking about Christians. And so he says, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. I've really, um, I think that, that scripture has been used a lot of times over the years, and it's, but it's something so tangible in it, something so real about being ready and being prepared and being wise in our preparedness. And I was um, sort of just really praying into it and I thought, well, the lamps 
are held there as a symbol of, of salvation, as of a light to our path. That's the Lord. Each one of those women described in that verse had the Lord. They had him in their hand there. But only half of them got through and were ready when the time was right. And so as I was sort of looking and praying, and oil speaks about anointing, about the presence, about the power of God, and only half of them were stocked up with that and ready for the journey. So I believe that God is speaking to us and encouraging us to be ready, to be equipped, to be oiled up. <clears throat> I'm checking. My notes are terrible today. I'm not going to rely on them very much. <laughs> As I began to sort of look at that, you know, I believe that, you know, that, that oil we're carrying through. I was reading a commentary on it by um, Matthew Henry, which I generally love his commentaries, but he, was, he had a quote saying, to hold in your hand the lamp of salvation may be sufficient for the days on this earth, but, only, but it will not carry you through the dampness of the valley of the shadow of death if you have no oil to fuel it. And uh, I thought, that's good and that's powerful that we need that oil there. But I took it a little bit further and I thought, I don't think it's just for the valley of the shadow of death. I really, as I was looking into it and looking at readiness and looking at the other scriptures that talk about Jesus coming back, about the last days, and I started to think, God needs us to be so close to him. He needs us to be so hungry for the oil of his presence that we don't miss him, that we don't miss his power. It's not just for in that last moment because salvation is a gift and grace is for all. But it's the power to get through those, that last time while he tarries, the last time while there's challenges, that power to get through until we get delivered into his kingdom. That's when we need the light. I think once we're in the banquet, he's got the light, hasn't he? <laughs> it's that journey to get through the last time. I really got actually quite distracted when I was preparing this message and I remember saying to Andrew last night, I think I went down a lot of rabbit holes today while I was researching this word, <laughs> which is kind of ha easy to happen because I began looking at, at last days and, and end times and I am in no way um, an, an expert of, on end times speeches or um, eschatology as they call it. I think you can get really lost in the arguments of what it's going to look like and, and how it's going to all unfold. So I don't want today to be about that at all. But I did start to look, I have to tell you, at, uh, at pictures that NASA just released of, of the sun and a big, the big dark patches showing on it. And, and I was thinking about the scripture that says, in those days the sun will be darkened. I did look at yesterday's massive military coup in Turkey and, and the horrible things that were happening there and thought... My gosh, you know, the world is just so wonky at the moment for all the terror things that happen across the globe. And I, I looked at the, uh, the, the massive humanitarian crisis that is unfolding in, in Europe with all the refugees that have poured there out of the Middle East because of everything that's happening. I thought about great news that came to us at conference from uh, Ashley Schmirer, our international president of INC, who said that... Uh, in unprecedented numbers in Egypt, our churches are, are seeing Muslims converted to Christianity as their 
fleeing from the terror that's happening and finding love and acceptance and truth and um, and genuine faith in the in the followers of Christ. That's good news, isn't it? <laughs> that's awesome. I. Uh, I'm encouraged by news from Europe where churches are being asked to open their doors and let the refugees sleep in there at night because there's no other safe place for them. And as society is shifting in, a, in such a dramatic way that they can't keep up with it, that it's the church that the world is turning to for hope. And uh, you know, these were a lot of little rabbit holes for me yesterday that I seemed to lose a lot of time, but all of them point together to a, an incredibly dynamic time in history that we're living in. And this, this word kept echoing out over the top of it, be ready, be ready. Have your lamp there at the ready with oil to let it burn. Because I believe this word from God is, while we can look and we don't know the day or the hour when Jesus is coming, it could be at any moment. He said himself when he was on the earth that none of his disciples, that even he himself in his human form, he did not know the hour. That was only for the Father. So we can speculate, we can guess, we can look at signs and and we can try and read the season. But it could be at any time and we need to be so ready for that. But before then and up until then, I just feel like that that God is saying we are moving into a season where the hope of the world is going to be the local church and we're seeing it come to pass in greater and greater numbers and it's not over there and out there, it's in here. The kingdom of God is right in us and right in our heart and we need to be ready, each one of us, ready for that moment where we can let our lamp shine a little brighter on the journey. To that banquet. In 2 Timothy 4, it says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they'll not endure a sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And I just feel like that is part of our readiness. That's part of what we're being called to now is just be ready in season and out. And I know God was really speaking that to me because sometimes you can feel very out of season. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. But life gets busy. Life is real. We're not in church like this seven days a week. We're out and we're running families. We're working. We're busy. We're distracted. But I just really felt such a call of God on us to just be mindful of him. Be positioned. Be close to him. Be ready when the spirit just nudges you and says, there's an open door. Because I, we don't know what hearts God has just prepared and positioned, what people are walking through in our everyday life, where he leads us. 
where he wants to tap you on the shoulder and say, step in. (laughs) Step in and just give a little word of encouragement. Step in and give some hope. It doesn't have to be anything bigger than what you've got, but what you've got, you might be just enough to wedge open their heart that might just have a little crack in it. The time of salvation has come. And I think God wants to really move on us and bless us as we are faithful to him. There's a real risk, I think, in these days, as I said, of being distracted and being drawn aside. And this, um, this for me, I've had... I turned 40 last month. <laughs> Yay. I don't know how I felt about that. I'm still dealing with it a little bit. But, um, but it was an occasion to, to stop, I think, for me. I had to really stop and really assess and push into God. And, and it was a bit of a, a marker, you know, just a, a milestone as, as we can set at New Year's Eve or birthdays and things, just to stop and look at, uh, at where we're at what life looks like, where we're going next. And, and I began to really to seek God and to ask him where we were going and, and start to ask for some freshness from the Spirit because I really recognised in myself, and I'm going to get really honest with you now, that there was a little season there where one day in particular I really recognised I was at church and I was doing what I knew to do and I was having a bit of an off day. Is that only me? <laughs> in fact, I think I'd had an off week where we just had a lot going on. There was lots of other things that, uh, that were taking my mind and taking my attention and not bad things, but just family stuff and business stuff and work stuff. And I was distracted and, and uh, people needed prayer at the end of church. So I got up and I was asking God and I was praying. But in my heart if I'm really honest, and I, was, I wasn't there. I wasn't just there. It's just being real with you. God still moved. He's very gracious. People were still healed and touched, and things were good. But you know that drove me. I've got to be really honest with you, but that really scared me. And for the first time, I really thought, gosh, is that how? In the scripture, when people come to Jesus and they say, they will come to me and they will say, Lord, Lord, I cast out demons in your name, I heal people. Uh, and he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. I thought, is that how people move to that place? And I don't think I was quite there. But I recognised in myself I wasn't where I should have been or needed to be. And that stirred in me such a fresh fear of the Lord. I remember on the Monday morning just getting on my knees and really crying out to God for a fresh touch because the thought of doing it because it's what we do and not really being there and not really being in tight relationship with the Lord is a frightening thought. And most of us are like the rest of us. We all have good days and bad days. We all have moments where we're really switched on and others where stuff gets in. That's real. We're human. 
And God knows us and sees us and his word says, I see your frame and know that you are but dust. He has grace for us. But I really feel that we are in a season where God's saying, be in relationship with me, tight relationship with me. Don't go through the motions. Don't drift away. Now, John Bevere talks in one of his books about the flow of the world that just, you know, if you're not actively swimming to God, you are drifting from him. That there is always a drift from God while we're on this earth and under the influence of this world. That faith needs actions. As Pat said, faith without works is dead. It flows away naturally. It's little and it can be subtle, but I really feel God saying, swim, (laughs) paddle, be active in your faith. Keep pushing in and pressing in. Be determined to listen, to know him more. We should fear God in the best possible way. We should fear being outside of his grace. We should fear being outside of the best that he's got for us to be terrified because he's an ogre because in him and close to him is the best blessing it is the most power it is his kingdom wrought through us to see his best come to the world around us to see our lights really burning bright not just for us but for everyone around us but it only comes through actively seeking a readiness Is this okay? You're all with me? Yeah? Good one. I know in these last times it says about lawlessness coming. It talks about the great falling away. And I think it's so subtle, isn't it? So many sneaky things that can come if you're not close to God. We're a a little... Shifting can happen. Other busyness can come around our mind, as I said. The cares of this world come to choke out those things of God. Spiritual idleness. A bit of a slumbering spirit, like happened to those virgins. They tarried and they had their lamps, but they're waiting and the bridegroom's delayed and they slept. They fell asleep. I think one of the biggest things in this world at the moment is fear that comes to rob us of our faith. Even in in our own things, like Pat said in his communion message where he couldn't find Deb and that natural inclination to worry was there. Worry can rob us from so much. In the Bible where it, it talks about, you know, the, the one that didn't even want to go outside for fear there might be a lion in the street... I think we're living in those days where terror echoes across our TVs and through the world and newspapers and and there's so much fear that it can shut us down and hold us back. Even in our own society where there's, there's fear to speak up and to speak out, when there's all these waves of other opinion coming in, it seems everyone can have a voice except the voice of faith in Jesus. That fear can really shut down, shut down faith. 
I think we can be drawn aside and, and struck dumb by fear. We can get caught up in leaning on our own understanding, which the Bible warns us about, not leaning on our own understanding, where we're trying to piece it all together. Very intelligent humans. <laughs> we can be too intelligent for our own good sometimes, but we get caught up in our heads, trying to guess the end from the beginning and, and put the puzzle together and figure out just how it's all going to work and what it's all going to look like. We can ravel ourselves up in all sorts of theories and thoughts and then when things don't look how we expected them to look, we get really rattled. But as was described in that scripture that was on the screen earlier, things don't always look how we think they're going to look. I know in the, in the lead-up to the last election... We had a, a prayer meeting down at Seacoast and it was so interesting just to, to listen to the, to the different prayers and they were all very faith-filled and there was discussion surrounding it with the different political parties and what it would mean and, and I thought, you know, we could really be hijacked by fear in this time. But the government rests on the Lord's shoulders, the Bible tells us. It says on his shoulders the government will sit. He'll direct them and lead them. We need to pray fervently, but trust him for the outcome. He's a good God. I've got written here lots of different scriptures, actually, but I'm not going to read them out today. But many of them are from Jesus' passages about talking when he comes back talking about the thief in the night, talking about the unexpected return and talking about readiness and where our heart is. When he speaks about the, the household that was entrusted to the servants while the master went away. He says the good, the good servant will be found being diligent, doing all that he was supposed to have done, looking after the, the rest of the servants and treating them kindly. It says, woe to him when the master comes back and finds that one in charge, beating the servants and in drunkenness and just lost their way. That's kind of extreme. Most of us won't get there. But again, it's talking about readiness, living a life in your heart of integrity, of walking in what we know to walk in, in season and out. When you're at church, when you're at work, when you're with friends, when you're in peace and quiet by yourself, being so mindful of the position of your heart. So that's what it all comes down to. Holding that lamp in your hand may look great. <laughs> it looks like you're ready. It looks like you got it. But unless there's oil, the lamp is useless. And it's for each and every one of us to keep the oil, to press into God, to press in for him to fill us, to move with us. It's up to us to seek his word, to seek his Holy Spirit, to be close to him. It's a sacrifice. It's time spent. It's quietness. Sometimes it's surrendering. <laughs> things that we want to just hold on to so tightly have to let it go it's practical and it's spiritual all at once
and it's for all of us. I am. Um, I think it was actually the week before I spoke here last time. I had an amazing time with the Holy Spirit during worship, and I was just, uh, I was in my own little world actually, just with the Lord, and I was just crying out, and I was standing with my hands out, and I was kind of dancing with the Lord. That's what I do a little bit <laughs> in church. Had my hands, and I was just there with the Holy Spirit, and and I said, Holy Spirit, I said, I just. I was, I was seeking the person of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if that sounds strange to you, but I just wanted that interaction. And, and I said, you know, I could just really use a hug. And um, Andrew's heard this before, but, but I, I kind of just felt like I was having a hug with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and then the Lord said, the Holy Spirit sort of said to me, I don't really hug like that. I said, okay. <laughs> so I yielded my heart. I said, well... Whatever you do, that's okay. And and I and I saw in my in my in the spirit, I guess, I the Holy Spirit turn around and just melt into me and fulfill me afresh. And it was the most precious moment with the Lord where I, I felt the Spirit say, This is how I'll move you. This is how we do things together. This is how I fill you and the other stuff is pushed out. This is how close I need to be to you. And for me, that was a very personal moment, but it captivated me in a new way to, to seek that closeness, to seek the fullness again. And I'm talking on a couple of layers here where, of course, when the Holy Spirit fills you, he fills you completely. And when God pours himself into you, he, he pours the fullness of himself into you, but talking about actively seeking it afresh, allowing him to move you. I know there's a few rock and roll dancers in the room here and, uh, and I began to just think on it because, you know, when you're rock and roll dancing for us women, when you're getting moved and, and spun, you're taught to have your hand at the ready, aren't you girls? So when your lead wants to grab you, he knows where to find it. So when he wants to spin you... Your hand's there. You come back to the right spot. When you're moving away, your hand's there. He knows where to catch it. And that I just really felt for me, and this is what I grabbed out of this, that where to be positioned at the ready. When the Lord wants to grab you and move you, be ready. Position yourself for readiness. Because in this season, as I said, where everything is, is shifting and we're such a dynamic time in history, I feel like God's going to spin us sometimes. Unexpectedly, there'll be a shift and a twist. Unexpectedly, there'll be a swap in positions. But if your heart's ready, if you're positioned, if your oil is full, so you can move and glide and not grind. Then you're prepared for whatever the Lord brings you, for wherever he moves you, for when he says there's a spot, move into it. It's not shocking because you're ready to move with him. We're in a bit of a dance in this season. God doesn't want us locked He doesn't want us stagnant. 
He doesn't want us dull and slumbering. He needs us topped up, positioned and ready, expectant that he's going to move and do something incredible in this season. We should be super excited, really, as faith-filled Christians when we see all the things that are going on in the world. Rather than succumbing to the fear, we should be expectant that God surely is about to do something amazing. As everything gets darker and darker and more stirred up, we should be expecting that the church is about to rise in the most dynamic way in history. We should be believing wholeheartedly that hearts all around us are being watered, that where seeds have been sown over many years, that there is a harvest about to come forward. I just feel that there's such a ring in the spirit. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And surely that's a word to the church across the whole globe. But we are the church. It's not out there. It's not elsewhere. It's here. We need to be so pressed in now. Be walking with him. Get personal with him. God is not out there, and I know you know that. He wants to whisper to you in the quiet, that still small voice. He wants to speak to those tiny concerns and and put his hand upon them. He wants to break off those things that keep pulling you back. He wants to equip you and fill you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are doing something unique in this time, my God. Lord, I thank you that you are calling us all to come closer, to be moved by you, to be filled by you. Lord, you're calling us to be ready, to be awake, to be eager to feel the oil of your presence in our lives, my God. to be ready to light the path for ourselves and for others that will be drawn to it, my God. Lord, I pray today for for any that have been walking in a time of dryness, that have missed the fragrance of your presence, my God. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and just touch afresh. That the sweetness of who you are would just be poured out again, my God. Lord, I pray for those that are, that are waiting on the next, the next step. Lord, that as the most amazing dance lead, you would take those ready hands and begin to move and position. For those that are battling with fear, with worry and with confusion, my God. 
thank you that your peace right now be poured out. That our faith, Lord, be increased to know that you have indeed gone ahead, that you've made a way, that you're preparing a place, my God. Lord, I pray that you grace us for this next season. And while we know that our salvation is sure, my God, when our hearts are set to you, Lord, I pray that the journey there is covered by you, is lit by you, my God. That in every season, you help us to be mindful of you, to be tucked in close, Lord, in that secret place with you, to guard our hearts against all those things that would come to rob, kill and destroy, to bring distraction and confusion that bombardment that comes against us, Lord. Hold us close and guard us under that shield of faith. Pray your blessing over every person here, my God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. We might... um...